Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. November presents In the Barber's Chair, a podcast dedicated to bring you real cuts and real conversations about men's health. I'm Tim Lovejoy and I'm your host. November wants men to take action to live happier, healthier, longer lives and they invest in prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health and suicide prevention. Uh, Jim, thank you for doing this today. Um, I've done the full set now. I've met the whole of your family. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, the, the, your two sisters, your twin brother, and I've met your mum as well. My mum. She's yeah. lovely, isn't so, she? So, uh, rank us so far. <laughs> your mum's number one, of course. I've got to say that. <laughs> and I've got to go number two is uh, Sam, right. because she's my friend. Yeah. I'll go three, Nick, and then you two. Me and John, the twins. Yeah, because, yeah. you know. I mate. mean, I've got, how long have I got? Like an hour with you now to try and uh, usurp yeah. at least my, my twins. See if you can move your right. way up the line. <laughs> yeah, if I put you at the bottom, see if you can at least yeah. get ahead of your brother. I shall. Um, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm ever so slightly hungover. Um, oh. I had, uh, actually, what's really cool is I had boys night last night. Um, coincidentally, but now obviously we're talking about this sort of stuff, where we yeah. do actually check in with each other first you know we, we sit down we kind of we have dinner and we all just sort of go how are we all have a chat and then once we've kind of had the chat when we have a few drinks okay um, how was that did anyone have any problems last all, night do you know what's weird we're all having a slight career wobble because we're all around the same age and i think so we're all 30-ish i'm 31 and my other friends are like 29 mm. um and we're all actually going we're not sure what's happening with our careers mm. um but i think it's one of those things that you when you get to this age you're sort of like what do we do um so, yeah, we're all happy and healthy and we've all got it under control and we're all um, doing actually really well. Um, but it's good to kind of have that opportunity to chat. Yeah, I think yeah. I should explain, actually, uh, that you, the reason why I know the whole of your family mm. is you're all YouTubers. Yes. And uh, uh, you were you were called the most influential family in Britain <laughs> in the Sunday Times not right. so long ago which I mean it was a fantastic article mm. loved it we'll go through some other stuff in it sure. uh, as we go through this interview because it was I mean it was quite in depth wasn't it talks a lot about your childhood yeah. and your yeah. your father and stuff but you're all YouTubers apart from your mum right she, she dabbled had a crack it, she dabbled yeah, yeah. Which, what, what was her angle she her channel I think was called Modern and Mature and it was basically fashion for the ever slightly older lady and she didn't like it because uh, she still thinks we live in a world where VCRs a thing, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's why she's she constantly calls me. And is like, how do I get my phone to do a thing? Um, and we needed to record and edit and everything for her. Um, and 
as our career started taking off, we just didn't have the patience, right. basically. Um, she's also um, a bit... She she's she's a warrior, my mum. So she, I don't think she can handle the comments sometimes, mm. you know. And then she's like, "Oh, how, how outrageous!" And then she wants to have like a be like a keyboard warrior, where uh, actually you have to let it wash over you. Because in fact, one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given was, uh, "Let me get this word this right." Something along the lines of, "Don't play um, with pigs in the mud because you'll both get filthy, but the pigs will love it." Right. You know. Uh, so whenever you get negative comment, if I or my mum would reply, they've got gratification out of it. Other people start jumping in, and all you've done is actually draw attention to it. It yeah. makes you feel miserable. Where you know. Do you know I interviewed Sam on for a YouTube thing I was doing, uh, which ended up being a podcast, so it's great. Right. And she did that exact expression. Oh, right. But it took her about five minutes to think about it. So meanwhile, Nick was talking, and then she went, I've got it! <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's if you did it, did it. So we better explain um, that you're all YouTubers. Yes. You tell us what your sisters do, what your brother does. Okay. Shall I give you the, the, the spiel? Yeah, go on. All do right. the spiel So for it us. all started, Sam, my elder sister, who's your yeah. friend, um, she is 10 years on me. Um, she is a makeup artist by trade, um, and... Basically, was really heavily pregnant um, with her second child, I think. And a friend of hers asked her how to do a smoky eye or something. And she said, well, I can't get to you because I've got a baby cooking. Um, so I'll film it and post it on the internet. I, I'm not sure she even realized that other people could watch it, but a few people did. Um, enough for her to go, well, I'm just sat at home nursing, you know, my massive tummy waiting for this baby. So she was a bit bored, just twiddling her thumbs. So she thought she'd, you know, start producing these videos just for fun, really. And they began getting a little bit of traction. This is in the early days of YouTube, so it wasn't really a thing. But at that point, it's really exciting when even a few people start watching and commenting. Um, Anyway, she had um, her baby. So then my other sister, Nick, kind of took over while Sam was, you know, doing the whole whole baby thing. Um, And then they kind of joined forces afterwards. Uh, meanwhile, my, my ex, Tan, um, she, Tanya Burr, Tanya Burr, yeah, she, uh, finished sixth form, so she must be, yeah, it must have been then, she finished sixth form, the girls taught her how to do makeup, and she decided that she wanted to have a crack at it too, because it's a really fun, creative outlet, so she was working in, uh, like, Topshop, and was, you know, just kind of doing retail stuff, and then on the weekends would film the content. I then graduated with a degree in psychology, um, but didn't I've always been really kind of and this is going to sound ridiculous and like very arty but I've always been really creative I've like I've always want I wanted to be an illustrator before this um I like making stuff and my degree was really stifling and that it was facts and figures and numbers and dates and names so on the weekends I'd, I'd also film videos just to have a bit of a creative outlet and it began taking off a bit and then a few years later uh John my twin brother um came back tra- from traveling and decided he was a carpenter before that and decided he wanted to sort of reimagine himself so became a personal trainer and thought that the internet's a really good place to share his love for what he does and because obviously we were already all doing it it just made loads of sense uh and then well I've been doing it nine years now maybe eight nine years Sam and Nick have been doing it 11 or so so you know a decade later here we all are um as 
in quotation marks, what was it, the most influential... The most influential family in Britain, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, I know the answer to this, but are you in competition with each other? No, we're actually... No, talk- <laughs> the thing about this, the thing about the internet is that it's bloody massive. Yeah. Um, and there's room for everyone, you know? I think one of the things that I find really difficult about this industry is how competitive everyone is. Mm. Like, even when you go to an event, and you'll know this, you'll go to an event and... Um, you know, you, you meet one of your contemporaries. Like, hey, mate, how are you? They're always like, yeah, yeah, I'm really busy right now, really busy. And I, I often feel like they are convincing themselves how busy they are to sort of prove their worth, you know? Mm. And it's one of those things that for a while I really struggled with because I would be thinking, well, if you're really busy, why am I not doing a thing, you know? And actually, I've realized now that I think it's everyone trying really hard to prove their place so now when people someone asks me i say yeah i'm really happy and in fact it's something that i talked to uh, one of my mates he's actually going through a bit of a tough time at the moment <clears throat> and he's in this industry and he texts me quite a lot and he's like have you seen this person's doing that and i well done for them they probably grafted for it they probably deserve it yeah and if they don't it doesn't matter it doesn't affect your life right continue stay the course do as do as you do um and it's actually made me so much happier What's the definition of your YouTube site then? Uh, okay, so what I always say is it's kind of like guy stuff, right. um, which is now kind of, even that is, uh, is something that is much more broad, I think, than it ever used to be. And, and I have yet to find a better way of explaining it than guy stuff, because actually it appeals to not just guys, and not all guys would like it. But um, I talk about anything that I'm interested in, really. So I do a bit of grooming. I do a lot of fashion, uh, cars sometimes. I just, like, my life. I've just moved house. So I'm documenting lots of that stuff. Um, it's just kind of a place to find my opinions on things, basically. And why do people like it? I've no idea. I've been asking myself that for a decade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I actually, I like to think that my life has gone crazy because of what I do for a living. Yeah. Uh, but I've taken people on the journey. I don't think there's anything remarkable or special about me. I actually think I was there right place, right time when the world was ready for influencers or whatever you want to call it. And I happened to be that guy. It could have been my next door neighbor. It could have been anyone. It was, but it happened to be me. So I've clung onto it and I've grafted to make it, you know, a career, make it a viable option and make it into something that's really exciting. So what's interesting about you as a family, and I, I, I was, you know, I've talked to Sam about your dad a bit mm. and then, and then when I read that Times article, you, you lot really opened up about how mm. abusive your dad was. Right. And you're such nice people. <laughs> you're genuinely lovely. But the, your childhood with your dad was horrific. Yeah. He was, he was very abusive and violent. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I don't, I don't know. I think I was always loved is what I know. I, I'm a bit younger than Sam. So she had the, the brunt of it. And there's a lot of things I don't remember, which I think maybe I should remember because it wasn't, I was young, but not so young that I shouldn't have memories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think they're sort of buried in there somewhere. And actually with my therapist, I've tried to sort of dig away at a few things and, and things pop up, you know, every once in a while I'll go, oh, I do remember that. Or my twin brother remembers more than I do, which is obviously weird because we should remember the, you know. Yeah. Um, and they'll often say things. I'm like, oh my God, I yeah, that's a thing. Um, but I was protected more for one thing, I think my dad wanted boys, you know, so he was, from what I understand, a bit more pleasant to me and John. 
he was very cruel to Sam and Nick and obviously very cruel to my mum. Um, but again, they're older, so they remember much more than me. And I, I feel like I was protected by the women in my life, you know, by my mum and my, my big sisters. Um, I have a feeling of just un, unsuredness about my past, you know, like I just never felt comfortable at home. And I didn't realise that wasn't normal because as a kid, you don't know. These are, you know, your caregivers and you're, you're the people who discipline you and, you know, you're the people that keep you alive, you know. So you spend your time as a child just living under their reign, I suppose. I didn't know that what my dad was doing was wrong, you know. Mm. But then I'd visit friends and have like a sleepover or something. And I'd be like, why does your house feel so much nicer than mine does? <laughs> um, and I'd, I'd have no idea. Um, yeah. It wasn't until with a bit of hindsight. And I look at it now as, as an adult and go, God, how could you not pick up on How could you not know? Um, so yeah, it's definitely left its mark. And I think part of the reason that we're actually decent human beings because it could really mess you up it could and, it, and, it, and don't get me wrong it's set, it's had its effect on all of us individually because it's a how could you know it's a it's a very traumatic childhood that is, is one of those things that will come with you into adulthood but i think the reason we're nice people is because we're a unit you know like even though i'm here and they're back in norwich i check in all the time um i'm probably like i think me and sam are probably like the blackest sheep so we kind of go dark sometimes and just don't check in because we don't, you know, if we're just doing our own thing, we don't need to. But they are always there. And I've always been very well loved. Um, and I, I often, I feel bad for my dad sometimes, mm. you know, because he dealt with the world. And as an adult, I can see now, I don't think he was a bad person. He did some despicable things. But I think he was, he, he was dealt a hand. Um, he had MS like Nick. Nick was like, she had a bit of time where she just was obviously distraught. She's got kids and she's like, oh my God, this could be the end of me. But then she came around and went, no, oh, you know what? I've still got a life to lead. I'm going to, I'm going to do my bit, you know? And she's got a really good mindset about it. And I think my dad, unfortunately, felt like a victim. Felt like the world owed him a favor. Felt like he um, was due something in return. And he just got, and he was very angry. Um, and... I'm not an angry person. I don't know if that's something that I witnessed and then thought, okay, do the opposite. Or if it's just because I'm really fortunate to have the rest of my family. And I, I, I always know. I look at some people who have families that are less uh, warm or, you know, less welcoming or whatever. And I just think, God, you're so un unlucky because it's so nice to know that you've always got your people, no matter what. Um, and I think because of that, the world's just actually a nice place, mm. you know? Um, I do sometimes, if ever I'm put to a test or something gets tricky or it does spark anger in me, um, I'll, I'll actually actively sometimes think, what would my dad not do here? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, so interesting. Yeah, I think Sarah, my girlfriend, often her, she, everyone kind of has their reactions to stress, right? I think I go quite insular. Sarah actually gets... Um, a bit ragey. Right. Um, not, not, it's not, I'm making her sound awful. It's not, that's not the case at all. She's actually wonderful. Um, but it's interesting to see how it sparks in her and then she just gets like irritated by, by it. Mm. You know, when, 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 when there's, when there's pressure on her, she gets a bit, um, a bit irritated, whereas I get a bit quiet so and thinky. Is that not, is that not, sorry to interrupt you, mm. but is that not a case of being a man versus a woman um 
that we're told maybe not to show our emotions as much, whereas women are m- much better at letting them all out. Uh, yeah. May, poss- I, I don't think so in my case. Maybe. Right. Maybe more generally, but I actually... Do you cry? I'm not a crier. Why? I, See, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not that I'm scared to cry in front of people. I just, yeah. I just, my eyes don't leak very yeah, often. Do, yeah, but that's, <laughs> why is that? I don't know. Because I looked this up the other day because I'm a loony. Right. And, um, and so I thought, I was watching my daughter cry and I was thinking she's literally crying for no reason. Though. Right. But, but she was just, she's six, by the way. And right. She was tired. And actually my other daughters, um, when they get stressed out, uh, for the uh, time of the month and yeah. their stress and stuff like that, right. they'll sometimes get very teary and yeah. tell me. So I because I because I got frustrated with my six year old because she was crying for no reason. I sort of was going to why are you crying? So I thought I'm going to look it up, yeah, which I should have done with the twins by the way. With seventeen, right. I, know, I looked it up and it said that it's a real stress relief. Yeah, it can to, be. To, you cry out. You're there's, putting. There's a, a lot of like. Um, hormones and things that Apparently actually come out so, when you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so why is it that as men because I'm the same if if my daughters are doing a school play or something I, I well up right. but for actual stressful re- reasons you know yeah. stress related reasons I can't cry my eyes don't work like right. yours why as men have we been told not to do this or is it is it because we're men what is it I don't know it? I actually don't know if it's anything to do with for me I don't think it's anything to do with my gender I think I, I just think that my eyes just I don't know. I just would I tried, you like to be able to do it? Uh, yeah, if it helps. Because sometimes I, I, <laughs> so I get high. when I get that uh, bad where I would like to cry. Yeah. I really beat myself up, and I get I get Same. like physically squirmy. Same. You know, I'm sat there and I can't sit still. Like my dog yep. bless her um, had she's she's really ill, um, and she lives with my ex. Um, but I still see the dog a lot. And Tan called me the other day saying we have to get her to the vets. And I hadn't seen the dog for a few months because I've just moved house and I've been right. doing housework and I just haven't had a chance. Um, and then I felt so much guilt for not checking in on checking in on my dog. Uh, and then thought, well, she could die. This could be it. Um, and I I wanted to cry because I had so many uh, like so many feelings and I physically got squirmy and I I welled up. My eyes got watery, but I couldn't actually get it out. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's because I shouldn't cry being a man. Um, I think it's, I, I think it maybe is, I think much more it's my way of dealing with things. Right. I think when I, when life gets tricky for me, I often get quite insular um, mm. and I take things. I think men do in. though. Yeah, and I think, it's, maybe it's I think a, we shouldn't maybe. stop doing that. I was going to say to you actually, which is, when the Times did that article with you, mm. um, you obviously were all sitting around and you were having a discussion about your father and your upbringing. I imagine most times you meet up, you say you're like, you know, you go up to Norwich and everyone sits around. You don't sit there and go, hey, should we discuss our childhood? Right. I imagine that was brought up by the, the, yeah, yeah, the journalists and then you got to talk about it. How often do you talk about your childhood with each other in, in that way? Not very. No. Uh, it did come up for a while, actually. It seemed to be like a hot topic. I don't, I'm not sure what it was, but my mum would bring it up a bit here and there. And it would just it felt like I'd go home and we'd talk about it a lot. And I'd never really got to the bottom of why, but it seemed to come up more than more than it ever had and more than it ever has since. Um, and every time I'd learn a bit more, because again, I there's a lot missing for me. And I'd go, oh, right. But it's not like we... I imagine sub, either consciously or subconsciously, your mum thought we need to talk about this. It's possibly, a, it's yeah. A, it's possibly. a good subject to to open up about, so we can all learn. Yeah, and I actually think, do you know what? Actually, now I'm remembering. I think it was around the time where she opened up about it somewhere. There was an article. No, my sisters, I think, did a podcast with her 
or a video with her or something right. where they spoke to my mum about it. And I think my mum's quite like me in that she ruminates and she takes things in and she'll just burden it all. Like, you know, she'll just she'll just carry it. Mm. Um, and I think once she actually got speaking about it, it then was like the floodgates were open. And I think she just had lots to get off her chest because I can't even imagine how awful it was for her. I mean, as her, as the kids, we were as protected from it as possible by her. So she had all that weight on her. Um, and she stayed with him f- for us, you know? She would have gone long before if we didn't exist. But she genuinely believed that dad would kill us her you know so she couldn't physically go like you know so much there were times i mean i remember times where where he would threaten to crash the car with us all in it because he because someone had done something to irk him slightly just was his reaction was instantaneous and aggressive and really scary so my mum had to deal with all that so and she never really She's never had therapy. She started to now, actually, because we're all like, "Mummy, you really should. Yeah. Um, and I think she finally talked about it. I think it was with the girls on uh, on a video or something. And then that came up a lot after that. And I think until she'd sort of got a lot of it out of her system. But yeah, it's not like we all... The impact up. that must have had on not only her, but all of you is, is... I mean, it must have been substantial. Yeah, I think it's still... It's all things kind of rearing their head now. Yeah. You know, um, it's... You can't experience that I suppose and it not uh, come with you to adulthood yeah. th- th- that all being said you know o- overarchingly yeah alright I kind of life was a bit weird as a kid but I n- always felt loved you know I always felt um, I-, I-, I think I don't like using it as an excuse or a crutch or anything for any of my actions because um, you know I'm my own person and i can make my own decisions and i don't feel hard done by i don't feel like there's something missing or i just think it was it's the way my life was it, it could have happened to me it could happen to anyone i don't like using it yeah i I'm, I'm aware that it has affected me but i also i hate the idea of going yeah well i had a bad childhood so that's why i'm behaving this way yeah um and you know, I don't really believe in fate and things, but everything that's happened has created me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
Where did you meet Sarah, can I ask? We met on Raya. Oh, right. Yeah. So um, which is a, a dating app. Right? Yeah, it's a dating app, but it's one, you have to be a member. It's kind of like you have yeah. to have sort of uh, discretion, I suppose. Yeah. So I actually joined because I wanted to learn to flirt. Because I'd been with Tom for 12 years and we met the old fashioned <laughs> way. Suddenly I found myself in my 30s, single, thinking, oh my God, I've not looked are you at a, another woman. Are you any good at flirting? Well, I mean, Sarah was my first date in 12 years. And I was like, oh, you're so you great. Didn't, so you didn't even get a chance to practice. No. <laughs> but... uh, she, she said she thought I was really endearing because I was like, oh. she's like, you didn't have a clue, but you were nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I actually, I hate, I had to go on Ray as opposed to sort of the traditional sort of like the tinders and you yeah. know those things because they're public and or the press were already so desperate to find out what was going on right. and because i'd moved on and was ready to start meeting people i couldn't go on a public thing so i had to go on like a sort of a private one yeah um and i literally spoke to about three or four women and i i really hated the experience yeah uh because i'm quite i like talking to people i like to actually i'm also quite empathetic so i like to experience a conversation with them you know and actually kind of pick up on body language and things and suddenly you're texting and you're reading into everything and it's like really stressful um so quite quickly i was like do you want to go on a date and i was terrified because i hadn't been on a date for you know in my yeah. adult life um i was also really jet lagged <laughs> on the date so i remember yawning at one point going oh my god no uh but she was so wonderful and then we we both went off. I, I had work. I was traveling a bit. She disappeared on holiday, came back. And then as soon as I landed, I was like, do you want to meet again? Mm. And we've been inseparable ever since. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, why do you do Movember? Um, well, so I, well, for one thing, I'm very open about mental health. I've got a big audience. I get. I, I think it's one thing, it's something that you can, I can talk about fairly, um, fairly eloquently with experience as well it's not something that i just sort of jump on the bandwagon for because it's kind of a hot topic right now and can just sort of go oh yeah mental health i actually have experience i've you know it's it's a it's a really important issue you know and something that affects me in a really big way um but also i lost my stepdad uh to cancer and it wasn't male specific but i lost my stepdad to cancer um when two years ago maybe nearly three years ago now and it really sucks and i just want to kind of be able to have an open conversation about you know checking yourself checking in with yourself or with friends when you need to um i, I just think it's it's something that is everyone can take part i also think i kind of fit into a category of people that do really struggle you know like i'm a 31 year old man which is actually a real sort of um the demographic of people that struggle, you know? Um, and for me, having a big audience and being in that demographic and saying, here's the way my mind works. Here's the things that I am I struggle with, you know, and, and here's how I cope. Um, I know for a fact it makes a difference because I've had people reach out and tell me, and that's really so lovely. What's it like being a man, do you think, at the moment? Uh, I think it's, it's not always that easy, you know, because this it, we have kind of conflicting ideologies. I, I think we're in a we're in a point where um, a lot of men still believe they've got to be like men. It's an interesting thing because at one stage we're being told be manly, yeah. look at sport, right, be a winner, yeah. and then the other side is like you've got to show your emotions, yeah. you've got to be sensitive, mm. and you, we're it. It's same for women, by the way. Right. They're being sent 
contradicting signals and messages constantly right. as well. But it's quite, it's an interesting time to be a man. Yeah, I totally agree. I kind of think when I was growing up, and I'm talking like when I sort of was becoming a young man, so sort of like 18, you know, whatever, when I was back home in Norwich, it was like pub culture still. So yeah. everyone was like, oh, geezers, get them Well, I'm, I'm older than you, as you know, and, I'm, right. and, and so my whole youth was play football, right. you know, drink, we have a laugh, yeah. build some muscle, gear. Yeah. And yeah. now it was like, yeah. you're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah, and also, that wasn't me. It's not, I yeah. mean, you know, you've met me just now, I'm skinny, I'm not a massive drinker. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not like a goozer or a lad. Mm. Um, and it, yeah, I, I, I didn't actually feel like a properly, like I, a lot of people used to think I was gay, which is, people still do, you know, um, because I wasn't like your typical man. Um, I actually think my childhood did me a favor in that capacity because I was brought up basically entirely by women um, who are, the women in my life are all incredible. Um, I had a chat with Tom Watson on my podcast about uh, the De Love Joe podcast about um, drinking culture. He's, right. the, he's the comedian who's about 10 foot tall. Um, and we were saying how hard it is for, it's not hard, but when you're a man, every situation you get involved in, everyone's like, hey, have a beer, let's get drunk. Let's we said how, how you don't want to, I personally didn't want to do that. Right. I got sick of it and I didn't want to, always just go come on let's go and get drunk let's do right. this and especially when i had started feeling sort of at times in my life anxious it just it just makes everything yeah. 10 times worse yeah, sure. alcohol was bad for that get over it and have a drink yeah the worst thing you can do yeah actually get over it by you know uh resting relaxing yeah, totally. eating healthily not doing alcohol right uh for sure but that whole culture doesn't seem to ever go away for us does it we look at we look across at europe and they're not doing binge drinking culture. Right. It's very much a British thing, isn't it? It's very much defines being a man, which I think right. is quite a tough, tough proposition for a lot yeah, of men. Yeah, again, it's sort of um, something I never really took part in, which is why I didn't really have loads of friends, actually. like I, Back then, I think it came at a cost. It wasn't the kind of guy I was. I didn't care about going out and binge drinking and being that kind of man you know when, and when i was coming when i was growing into a man i kind of already knew the kind of guy i wanted to be and it wasn't that but as a result i found it really difficult to make friends part of the reason i started youtube is that i had no one to social socialize with mm. so i would make content because it was a way of communicating i suppose um and it is tricky i think i mean i'm really metropolitan now because i live in london so it's kind of different all of my friends i've found my people who are of a similar mindset to me. So we had a few drinks last night, but that was the first time in ages. Um, and it wasn't, we were out having a meal as well. It wasn't like we were out just on the lash. Um, I've never actually thought about this until just now. I think that might be because Sarah has loads of friends from, mm. from, from basically infancy. And I'm in touch with nobody from before I started doing this as a career. Um, only my family. I have mm. no friends from my previous existence because i just sort of i didn't connect um and mm. i don't think that's because i'm missing something <laughs> i think it's just because i didn't want to do the things that were expected of of people then uh before uh before we go we got to talk about a bit about um the physicality of being a man your, right. your brother obviously does a lot of um fitness stuff mm -hmm. uh guy he's fit isn't he oh, jesus geez. christ Do you know what it really throws off the, the dynamic because we're twins so we should be kind of you know 
the same. Yeah. But then I hang out with them. Like, oh, you're so much better than me. <laughs> wow. Phys- physically, he's in, he's in great nick. But they they they're in great nick. It's not just show muscle, is it? These no, guys, they, they're doing the uh, yeah. What's that they called? Do CrossFit. And, CrossFit. Yeah. Wow. When you see them, what they do. I mean, doing. they lift weights over their heads that I couldn't lift off the ground Incredible. but also in positions that I can't even get to without weight mm. <laughs> you know they're yeah. so like flexible and, and like functional yeah. whereas but is there a lot more pressure on men do you think now um, when I was a, a, a kid growing up it was all let's all just play football and right. then we'll run to get fit and play yeah. football no one was particularly caring about chest size and arm size right. it's really moved the gym culture's become huge hasn't it for yeah people? i think yeah that the whole the whole gym culture i think people are expected now to look a certain way but more than that i think also grooming hair and face and like stubble and you know there's lots to consider pubic men. hair pubic hair yeah <laughs> like we can we you know there's now it's not just like you wake up and like rub some dirt on your face and like <laughs> go out to work. You keep talking about your hair. I know you're taking the piss out of me for not having any, <laughs> but I I don't know if you know this, but I I I went and to have a hair transplant. Oh, I didn't know. Um, I actually I haven't had one by the way. If you're looking, God, his hair transplant was appalling. <laughs> but uh, I I just got sucked into the culture of it and working on tv you're yeah. conscious of what you look like right. everyone by the way in tv is doing this stuff there's mm. so many people doing it and i just thought this is a really good idea and now there's not the operation they basically pull individual hairs right, out and they plug it and, in, they, right? and they stick it in and yeah. so i was like and i actually sat in the chair to get it done i i paid my deposit i turned up on the day i sat right. in the chair and i went really hot and I thought I actually did a podcast on this. It's right. it's it's it was quite interesting because I started because I thought I was going to go through the whole process podcasting about it, and then I sat in the chair and I got really hot and I went to the guy. Oh, I'm not sure about this, and and I suddenly started having doubts. And the guy said to me that the surgeon guy said, "I'm about to change your life," and that really why are you upset? I'm about to change your life, and that really bugged me. Right. That that the idea that me having more hair would change my life. Right. So I'm so glad he said that. And I went, oh, that's really annoyed me. I'm going to, like, like having more hair is going to change my life. Yeah. It's like, it's really weird. So I went, I said, I'm going to go for a walk around the block. Went for a walk around the block, came back and said, do you know what? Keep the deposit. I don't want to do it. I just, right. I, I, I'm, now I'm not saying that I'd never do it, but the reasons why I was doing it were wrong. Because yeah, okay. I suddenly thought by getting a bit more hair, my life will be changed and I'll be brilliant and I'll be better right. looking and I'm getting older. And, and what it was is I wasn't dealing with the aging process. Yeah. And, and I was like worried about it. I don't think I look too bad with no hair, but you know, it's 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 that whole thing of pressure. Get yeah. some hair, get some hair, you'll look better. And right, and yeah, but it wouldn't things. actually change your life. You know, you'd still be. Yeah. I mean, I had laser eye surgery, and that did change my life because it's it's not just an aesthetical change. You know, it's something that helps me. I had really appalling eyesight, and now I can see like a hawk, and it's great. Like a hawk. I actually, I actually have the vision <laughs> of a kestrel. That's. A- Bullshit. <laughs> no, I actually have the vision of a kestrel. No, no, but kestrels can see for miles. Well, my optician, when I had it done and I went in for my checkup six months later, he went, it might not have been a kestrel, it was a, it was a bird of prey. He said, you are the equivalent of this bird of prey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, great. That, that's, uh, I come, sorry, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they fly up, they're miles in the air and they can see like mice running around. Well, listen, if, this, if this goes south, I'm going to be like a police spotter or something. <laughs> in the, in the Jim, thank you so much. My pleasure. Did Brilliant. I go up the ranks? Um, did, I, did I beat John? Go on, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're up, John. You're still below me. No, still sorry. below Sam and Nick. Yeah, fine. Yeah, but yeah. I'm never going to beat Judy. And your mum's still number yeah. one. Yeah, so we have to wait for her to like pop her clogs, and then we'll all have like we'll oh, come back. You can't say that. <laughs>
Thanks, mate. Change the face of men's health. For more information or to support Movember, head to movember.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.